Welcome to episode number 15 of the Truth and Dare podcast. Today, we are talking about finding your voice. If you want more information from us, show notes on the episode, or any other goodies, check us out at truthanddaremovement.com. Welcome to Truth and Dare, a podcast dedicated to female empowerment through living our truth and daring to change. Hi, I'm Carly Talbot. And I'm Allie Van Fossen. Okay, Tribe, we are back for another conversation, and today's topic is one I absolutely adore. Finding your voice is so relative to all of us, no matter what stage of life we are in. We are always refining and discovering how to find it, and um, I think you're really going to like uh, what Carly and I have to talk about. But before we get started, we've been doing our slug in the honey moment to hopefully show you guys our current challenges in hopes that it relates and inspires you. So Carl, what's your honey like? Hmm. Well, I'm just totally thinking about this on the spot, but I have been a little stressed today just with trying to get everything together for this trip I'm taking and working and, you know, life in general. And I've been really snappy. Like I'm home right now with my parents for the, um, staying with my parents for the next few days. And I just totally like snapped like a little angry cat, um, at my mom when she was asking me something. And I don't know. I, I just think that's such a immature, and juvenile response. And I hate when I take my stress and respond in a way, when I let the stress win, I guess, and I respond in a nasty way to people that have actually nothing to do with the reason why I'm being a bitch. So I think I need to work on that. And um, yeah, sorry for anyone who gets caught in my crossfire, but (sighs) that's my honey today. What about you, Allie? I find that when I'm home with my mom for many days in a row, I also turn into that juvenile snappy back in high school moment. It's very strange. (laughs) Yeah. It's like total regress. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My slug in the honey right now is how I've been eating lately. I've been really eating terribly. I mean, I'm not going through drive-thrus, but... um, I've just been eating not very well and a few weeks of that is starting to take its toll and I need to seek out more greens and fruits and less like carby, chippy, salty things. (laughs) Yeah. You mean the giant sandwiches we were eating the other day? (laughs) Yes, those. I need to break up with the bread for a little bit. Amen to that. So that's where we're at right now, people. Again, if you're feeling this slug in the honey thing, let us know and we'll keep doing it. If you think we are super annoying and you actually don't care, let us know. And maybe we won't do it anymore. But um, like Ali said, this episode today is all about finding your voice and what that means to us. And when we say voice, we mean Literally speaking up for yourself, we mean figuratively in a creative and expressive sense. 
And we mean it in the way of living your truth and owning who you are. So um, with that sort of broad definition of what voice is, Ali, you seem to have quite a strong voice um, online and in person. And I'm sure everyone who follows you has picked up on that. But where did that come from? I mean, I've known you for a long time and you've always been really confident and bubbly and outgoing, but I think this other voice of yours um, was sort of born out of, I don't know, the last few years. So how did it happen and what's your story? Yeah, I think it happened from consistent discipline and patience of fine-tuning what it is I was trying to communicate. But specifically speaking, once I got online and started blogging is when the art of fine-tuning and finding my voice began. And when I go back in the archives of Journey Junkie blog posts and read the ones about travel, the blog was originally a travel blog before it was ever a yoga blog. And my posts are absolutely terrible. I mean, I would go, I would literally copy stuff from Wikipedia. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what was happening, but I would write a post about Florence, Italy, and I would look up the population and like all the neighboring cities around Florence and all these weird facts that were filling the page and not talking really about my story in Florence. And I think it was because at the time I hadn't found my voice and the only writing I had done was more college-based work where you present a lot of facts. Mm -hmm. And so writing more of like a dear diary way and really exposing uh, my true self on written, you know, I guess not written paper because it's electronic now, but it's you know, 2017 written paper. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so I think the, f the first way I found my voice was through blogging. And, um, for anyone who's a blogger out there or consistently writes and puts yourself out there, I'm sure you can relate. And if you go back in the archives, uh, it's a, it's a good time to kind of laugh at yourself, but also appreciate how far you've come. Um, the other ways that I have cultivated my voice are through teaching yoga for sure. Absolutely. To have to speak out loud and articulate a physical shape, but then at the same time cultivate this emotional, mental, and spiritual experience, um, that takes a lot of voice and finding it. So uh, that was another space in my life that I'm continuing to evolve. And I, it started in a studio. Well, it started at my yoga teacher training. Then it went into a studio and from there, I started teaching on YouTube. And again, I had to kind of like relearn my voice going from in the studio to completely online. So I think it's a ever evolving process. And then lastly, right here, right now. So the Truth and Dare podcast is another form of communication, another way of sharing my voice. And um, yeah, it's another opportunity for me to tap into it. And I really, I really enjoy the process now, but I know each time you start a new process, it's so fucking scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> How's your voice coming along, Carl? Well, I think I'm getting there. I, um, you know, for me, I think, and probably for a lot of people out there, we sort of need that push 
to tap into our voice. And you did that a, a lot for me, Allie. Allie encouraged me, a, um, I don't know, maybe a year ago now, to start writing some guest blogs for The Journey Junkie. And I knew that I had the skill set to be a good writer. Uh, I always loved to write and I was, I knew that I was well read and I knew that I was, you know, educated and I could communicate and what I cared about. But I also wasn't really good at putting all of that to use more than just the usual work life shit that I would use it for. So for me, having someone to push me towards owning and exploring my voice was really, really helpful. So I think that um, starting to do that, and I remember being really nervous even just writing a blog post for The Journey Junkie um, because I hadn't done it before. And uh, like you said, it's a different way of writing than um, academia, which I was really, really used to at that point coming fresh off of my master's, which was a heavy, heavy um literature and writing based degree, but, um, definitely writing. And then sort of as the idea of truth and dare unfolded and taking the reins on developing the website and developing a ton of content and really just being given a lot of creative control of how truth and dare was going to look and what we were going to sound like that was me learning my voice, fine-tuning my voice, and really thinking about, okay, this is my first time putting myself out there. What do I want to say? And what is our message? And what is our mission? And so I think really narrowing down your mission and what you're trying to accomplish can help fine-tune um, what you're trying to say. But uh, And obviously, duh, podcasting. I mean, this is just pure voice right here. Literally, we're talking and it has been – I know we've gotten better and we keep getting better and more confident. And thank you guys for sticking with us through the, these beginning episodes. But it's hard to talk. I mean, we love to talk, but it's hard to articulate what you want to say in a way that is focused and concise and convincing and not filled with likes and ums. And I'm sorry if those are still in there sometimes, but – we're working on it. So yeah, I would say that's sort of been my journey towards uncovering my voice and finding out what that is. I love how you noted about we don't really tap into it if someone doesn't force us. Like if you don't go, there's a like right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you don't go into a profession where you are being forced to publicly, publicly speak, or I guess publicly speak would be the best I think way in a, in a more corporate like environment, because otherwise nowadays it's all about sending emails and sitting in short meetings and the opportunity to really express your voice for me anyway, in the past seven, eight years of corporate land hasn't really come up. Um, so unless you're forced to do it in your profession, it's really hard to tap into it. So I think writing is a beautiful way. Like Carly said, um, we're going to kind of go through it, but I really love how you noted on that. You know, it doesn't just magically come or happen. You really have to be in that moment of your life and pursuing something to find your voice. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's totally true. And you know, what's weird. This just, I just thought of this when you said that, but when I was a kid, I was in theater and I performed all the time from the time I was six until the time I was probably 17. And I was always on stage and I had no fear of public speaking, but then as I got into college and then I started working and then I wasn't using those muscles that I had built, the confidence and the speaking and the exuding of, you know, my voice and what I wanted to say, I realized years later that I would start to get really nervous when I would just have to get up and like stand up and say something. And I'm not saying that's illegitimate. I think a fear of public speaking is a very legitimate fear that a ton of people have. But it's just funny and it's I'm just piggybacking on this idea of when you don't use it, you lose it. And I think a lot of us are born with these skills that we nurture as children and they sort of fall by the wayside as we get older. Yeah, totally. 100% agree. So moving on from how Carly and I have developed and will still develop our voice, for any of you guys that are listening and you're wanting to, you know, maybe you're in that space. So if you're not in that space yet, uh, go back to our episode about the side hustle. I think that's a really great conversation about finding a passion project. And trust me, when you find a passion project, it will come automatically without you even wanting to the opportunity to now find your voice. Um, so once you're in that opportunity, how do we kind of go through the different moments that are going to unfold? And I think the first moment for anyone is the experience of copying other people. And it's totally normal and it's totally expected. Um, I know when I first started blogging, like I said, I first thought I should emulate Wikipedia and regurgitate all these facts. And then from there, I would look at other really well-known popular travel bloggers and emulate their style. And then when I got into yoga teacher training, I would definitely copy the languaging and the sequencing of the yoga teachers I looked up to. And I would say I still am very inspired by other yoga teachers sequencing, and that's really normal. But the copying of the language has kind of, has definitely fallen off and I found my voice. But I even remember in my yoga teacher training, one of my instructors would do this inhale and exhale and she would say it so drawn out in this English accent. And I started using that, not in an English accent, but <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine like mid-yoga class I yeah. break into? <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. But she would do this inhale and exhale. And I would do that. I did it in my teachbacks. I did it in the first studios I taught in. And that's okay for the first few months. But then if you continue to fine tune your craft and continue to find your voice, you'll notice that those nuances you picked up will really start to uh, just kind of melt away as you ignite your own your own voice. Very, very true. I remember stalking mind body green blogs and trying to copy their wording and take their, you know, just 
see which ones looked cool and how could I emulate that and what I was writing. And the same thing could goes for Instagram accounts that I was looking at and like, Ooh, what is their vibe? How did they do that? And I, and I think that obviously this is incredibly normal. Like Ali said, as we embark on a new project, it's very normal to gather inspiration from people or things that we feel drawn to and then to want, you know, to use that ourselves and to regurgitate it in a way that speaks to us. Um, I was just listening to a, an episode on the ritual podcast where he interviewed this guy, Leo Babauta. I think that's how you say his name. He's the author of this blog, Zen Habits, which I guess is this like huge blog. The big one of the biggest single author blogs on the internet. I have never I, looked at it. I had no idea he existed. Yeah, me either. I guess we're not in the blog. I mean, I'm in the blogging world, but I guess we're not in the blogging world. I don't know. Or it's just like a black hole and the possibilities of bloggers is endless, I think. True but that. This guy, I mean, then he's I think he sort of then became very well known for being a minimalist and um that's sort of where he gained his footing and his ground and his followers. But what was interesting and what stood out about his interview was that he said he didn't copyright any of the information that he put on his blog. And so that it was free and open for anybody to use to take his words and to just like freely take his work. And in the interview, Ritual is like, oh man, this is kind of crazy. What are you doing, dude? And his, his, um, reasoning behind it was because he felt like the content that he was producing on his blog was content and material that already existed in the world that he had just gathered from other teachers and that he was then regurgitating onto his blog. And I, He's saying particularly in the wellness world, and in his case, teaching Buddhist habits, these are concepts that have been created centuries ago and have been passed down through generations of thought practitioners and natural healers. And it was a very interesting perspective. And I thought to myself, huh, I mean, he's right, right? All of these things, what we're teaching here at Truth and Dare and what people in this community, not our community, but the broader wellness community are teaching, like this isn't rocket science. This isn't new shit. This is just all of our interpretations of how to go about living your best life, whether that's like reducing stress or sleeping more, eating right or whatever. But it's all our interpretations of these concepts. So Of course, we're going to um, use people as inspiration and share the same ideas between a community, especially a community of like-minded people. But I guess it's more so about understanding the boundaries of sharing material and knowing when you've crossed the line between inspiration and straight-up plagiarism. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's definitely a good no. I think I to be honest, I haven't experienced any plagiarism with someone plagiarizing my work and I've never straight up plagiarized someone else's work and I haven't seen it specifically in my uh corner of the universe. It definitely happens online though and I've heard about it from other markets, but in the yoga world 
and the wellness world, it'd be really, I mean, you would have to literally copy and paste one of my blog posts or one of our blog posts or title your podcast episode the exact same name for it to be plagiarism, you know? Because like you said, these are all large concepts. So if I'm going to do a yoga video on opening your hips, I guarantee you if you were to look up all the other yoga teachers on YouTube, we're all using the same poses. And if me and you were going to talk about uh, morning habits, I guarantee you, we would be so similar to all the other morning habit podcasts, you know? Oh yeah, totally. So I think maybe plagiarism is a, um, a tough word, but I think there's that point when after you've been imitating or inspired by someone for so long, you have to finally shed away and break away and start to really tap into your uniqueness, which is scary. And that's that, you know, scary transition of, okay, I really dig this person. I love what they do. So I do, I kind of, I mean, I guess the word's copy, but I want to say I imitate what they do. And then you get to a certain point where you realize it's not working anymore. Um, a really good example for me is there's a big yoga blogger, Yoga by Candice. She's really well known. She started probably four or five years before me. And uh, I would follow her way of doing things online. Um, the way she made money, the way she structured her editorial calendar. Like I really took notice of everything she did and how she shared it. And there was a few months there where I felt like I completely emulated her style until I realized that I absolutely fucking hated it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when I said to myself, I'm not going to keep emulating this style. It really isn't bringing me any joy. I'm going to go a totally different way. And that's kind of when I started the live your journey community on Facebook and really made it way more about community versus me being uh, me writing a blog post, like six yoga leggings that are going to look good. You know, that was the kind of shit I used to write about because I thought that's what I should write about because I followed her so closely. Yeah. I get what you're saying completely. Yeah. So I think there's like that period where everyone goes through it, but at a certain point you've got to tap into the transitional time, which is where we're going to segue into right now because it makes the most sense, but you've got to really stay aware because that transitional time will happen and you've got to, you have to like take that other fork in the road, you know, follow the fork in the road and go to the other path. That's a little bit more scary. Yeah, you're totally right. And it's a good, that's a great way to ease into what we want to talk about next, which is all about finding that confidence to have your voice, to break away from the inspiration that you've been using to keep it with you, but to finally sort of like let those shackles go and bust out into your own strong, powerful voice and your own strong, powerful message. And this is a transition point. This is where you're doing the pivot, or as Ali said, you are faced with the fork in the road. And like we say, and like Ali says over and over again, this is the point where the patience comes into play. You have to do your homework if you are committed to finding your voice and doing it in the most authentic way possible. Just like everything else in life, we cannot get to that point until we've put in the work to realize exactly what our voice is. Like Ali thought she wanted to 
blog about yoga leggings when in reality, her message is so much deeper than what we wear to our yoga classes. And that can only come about by really putting in the hours and the work and the blood, sweat, and tears to get to where you want to be. So you sort of start as this humble beginner and you get excited and you have an idea. You know, you want to be a blogger or you want to start a YouTube channel or you want to make a cookbook, whatever it is. And then you start to gather the material from other people. You're inspired. You're checking out these other people online. You want to be like them. You are using their voice in your work and you start to get a flow going. Once you get that going and the motor starts turning, then you start to feel like you're in your own flow. And this is where the consistency and the patience really comes into play. You have to work your new passion like a muscle. You're not just going to go out and run a marathon when you've never run in your life, and you're not going to have a beautiful, amazing, strong voice on something when you're new and fresh. And the best way to do that is through consistency. It's like the best thing I can think of is this podcast. Ali and I try to record every week. Um, the very beginning, the first time we ever recorded, we didn't even have an outline. Do you remember that, Ali? We were all over the place. It was a disaster. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys never heard that. Maybe we should have saved it for the bloopers. But anyway, it was a mess. And we realized we needed outlines. And then we started doing them. And every single one, we got a little bit more confident. And now, of course, we're getting more and more confident. However, there will be weeks where Ali and I don't record. There have been times where we have taken more than a week off. And every time we come back to the mic and we start again, we're rusty. Wouldn't you say? Totally. I mean, 100%. It's really hard to jump back into communicating at this high level of thinking and also trying to inspire others while you do it. And if you're not doing it at least weekly, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. And same for me with my YouTube teaching. If I don't record for two or three weeks and then Myers and I sit down to record five videos, that first video is always so tough. Like the cueing that comes out of my mouth and it's, I'm all over the place. So it usually, yeah, it takes like one shitty YouTube video filming. And then the second one, I feel like I'm totally in the flow. And then the third one, I'm exhausted, but I really am feeling it. So Absolutely. And I mean, the same thing goes for writing. And I think, I think every Mm -hmm. writer would tell you that that is true. Um, you know, I think when Ali and I take a break from writing, we also have those mental blocks. I think it took me three or four hours the other night to write a blog post, (laughs) which I shouldn't take that long. So I had taken a lot of time off. I hadn't been writing and it's hard to ease back into that. So the best way to, get to where you want to be and to keep on the path of finding your voice is to really commit to being consistent. Yes, yes, yes. And I also was thinking something else about you, Carl, because you really jumped right into truth and dare. And I think you jumped into it really well, like way 
more um, effectively and um, just impactful than I did. And maybe that's also years of living. But I also think it's because me and you for that six months to a year before we started the podcast, we talked so much in the morning and we fine-tuned our own voices and our own conversation style. And me and you weren't just talking about the weather and our clothing. You know, we were having these deep conversations that were really breaking down barriers between me and you and also with our relationships and other friendships. And I think the reason you were able to jump in so well is because me and you were talking on the phone so much. Yeah, that is such a good point. I think you're really right. Having you to explore my own voice with, even if I didn't know that I that's what I was doing or that's what it would lead to at the time was really helpful actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Aside from, you know, you really using that muscle, flexing that muscle, those words, patience and discipline, you've also really have to be okay with failure and trial and error and showing up and knowing that failure, you know, again, going back to Rich Roll, our podcast crush, um, he really likes to redefine the definition of failure because it has such a negative connotation. But in this current culture, I think everyone should be failing all the time because then it means you're growing and you're learning and you're changing and you're pushing boundaries and you're challenging yourself. Failure is such a gift. And if you want to find your voice, you are going to fail and you have to be okay with it. And maybe even excited about it. Yeah, that is so true. I love redefining the idea of failure and also opening ourselves up to resistance. It's really nerve wracking to put yourself out there in a new way, whatever that way is. So on top of really accepting failure as something great and something that shows that you're actually out there doing it in the arena, in the trenches, um, opening yourself up to resistance is important because our egos are going to want to resist this idea of us expressing ourselves and putting ourselves out there in a new way. I'm sure you could couple resistance with failure really easily. They're definitely co-partners, I think, Mm -hmm. but just also opening yourself up to those feelings of resistance, like, oh, no one's going to read this or nobody's going to listen to this. I mean, even with the podcast, I was telling Allie when it started to come out and people were responding to it, I literally couldn't believe that people actually listened to it. And I know that sounds really crazy because I'm making a podcast and like, that's the point is for people to listen to it. (laughs) But in my head, even still with all this work I'm doing internally, and I really do believe in myself and I really believe in this message, but even still there was this little thing that was like, well, no one's actually going to listen to it though, or get anything out of it. And, Mm -hmm. but they do and they are. And so Yeah. Resistance, failure, fear, all those bitches. (laughs) (laughs) All those bitches that come to the potty and they're not – well, no, they are invited. It's just we need to become friends with them and not not view them as enemies. So I think it's just that mind mind shift and changing our mindset and how we've been hardwired to – 
you know, not get uncomfortable. And life is all about getting uncomfortable. The magical shit is living in the discomfort. And um, I'm like all about rolling in that magical shit. <laughs> is that too graphic? <laughs> no, I like had a, this vision of you like rolling in a pile of sparkles. Oh my, that's exactly what I was going to say. Just rolling everywhere in sparkle land. Wait, really? Yeah, you literally read my mind. And I think also, you know, going back to that idea of using and strengthening that muscle, every time you allow yourself to fail or even to flirt with the idea of failing, it becomes easier and easier to cultivate the confidence and find your voice. Um, You know, I started off blogging and then I started making YouTube videos. And that transition was one of the scariest transitions that I went through. Um, I had to put my face in front of a camera and talk consistently for 30 to 60 minutes while moving my body and attempting to look cute and pretty and fit and all these other characteristics I felt that I wanted to emulate on camera. And that was really scary. But just like Carly's saying, just like I'm saying, when you continue to strengthen the muscle and the action, you really come into your own and it's one of the most beautiful experiences I've had. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. You have definitely evolved over there, a little journey junkier. <laughs> so on top of opening ourselves up to all of these uncomfortable, but very magical and life-changing feelings, another way to gain the confidence to find your voice. And we tapped on this a little bit is to find someone to roll with you. Like I said in the beginning, I don't, I know that I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be doing the things I'm doing right now today if Ali had not pushed me to write a blog post about running a marathon for the journey junkie. I never would have gathered the courage to keep pursuing writing, which never would have led to the idea to start a podcast and everything else that has transcribed and will transcribe from that one action. And having a friend sort of push me in that direction was everything that I needed to get the ball rolling. If you don't have that particular person in your life who is encouraging you to do that, then we invite you to think about finding a mentor or find somebody who works in the field that you're interested in, or reach out to somebody online who's doing something cool that you find attractive and that you think is something that you might be interested in doing. Having that support from an outside source can be really powerful on this journey towards finding your voice. And we are relationship beings. We are connectors as humans. And a lot of times I think that having somebody in your court really, really helps to build that confidence, which then builds that muscle, which then pushes you to finding your voice. And it's all a positive feedback loop. So I think that that's a really important part of discovering who you are and how you want to vocalize who you are. Mm-hmm. And you know, some more specific examples. If you go back to our episode, Fake It Till You Make It, But Believe It, we interviewed Ariel, who's been this corporate marketing hotshot boss babe. 
And she talks a lot about her success in the corporate world and becoming so successful was really, truly dedicated to her mentors. And uh, that's a really great episode to learn more about mentors. Also, for me, when I started the online thing, no one I knew was online. So reaching out to other bloggers, sending them an email, saying hello, commenting on their work, and then cultivating friendships. So actually, you know, scheduling a Skype call with a stranger is so beneficial. I have at least a handful of girlfriends I've met via the online world in the yoga market or in the yoga community that I really needed in the beginning to bounce ideas off of and make sure that not make sure, but just continue cultivating that confidence so that I could continue to find my voice. So if you don't have someone physical, um, you know, the, uh, that's what's so cool about the online world and also about the communities that Carly and I are creating here with Truth and Dare and the Journey Junkie community. You can find these connections inside our communities and, you know, really lean on each other to tap into this discomfort to really find your comfort. Yeah. That is the truth. Mm -hmm. So finding your voice, how is this going to help you? How is this going to help you on your journey of living your truth and daring to change? Aside from the obvious that the more we become comfortable and confident in speaking and in our voice, literally and figuratively, the more we are on the path towards living your truth. I think that's the obvious part. But what about the little things in life? How can this help you sort of get to where you want to be? I think that finding your voice and being strong and speaking with conviction and owning what you're doing and your work and what you're talking about can help you immensely in your professional career As Ali said, we touched on this a lot with our interview with my good friend Ariel, but there is nothing negative that can come from knowing who you are, knowing what's important to you and knowing what you stand for, whether that be in your job, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're on a team at work, if you're starting on a new project in your company or anything of the like. Um, On top of that, It lends itself perfectly to a side hustle, which we've talked about a lot here today. But And also you can uh, listen to our side hustle podcast episode where we go into a lot of detail about that. But if you want to use this as a tool to kickstart a passion project, that's another amazing way that finding your voice can really ignite this passion in you that you didn't know you had. And I mean, that's exactly what this podcast has done for me. I didn't even know that I needed this until I started doing it. And now I can't live without it. Mm, That makes me feel so good inside. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, per usual, Carly and I have thrown a lot of information your way. We really hope it inspires you to dig deep, uncover, and as always, live your truth, dare to change. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here. We know that um, it takes energy and effort to show up for these types of conversations. So we absolutely are so appreciative of your support. Remember, if you dig the conversation, if you dig our community, please drop us a review on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe as well. You can join our online community at truthanddaremovement.com. And of course, you can follow and connect with us on Instagram at truthanddaremovement. So we will catch you next week for another conversation. Bye. Bye. Bye.